0: Good day, all you beautiful people. I am your host, Chris Champagne. This is Toaster Tubby Time, and I am medicated for your amusement. Come alive and let the motion rock you. Let it send you off to sleep. There's nothing left to shock you Now you've landed on your feet Good day and welcome back to Toaster Tubby Time. This is Chris. I am your host. This is issue 11. And I wanted to bring up something that I mentioned right at the end of issue 10 that I don't want there to be anything misconstrued. And I want to give you the true, honest, factual story as to why I do not deserve anything more than just saying I went through boot camp. Okay, here we go. So the year was 1995. It was the summer of 1995. Um, I was just 16 and I had a friend who was dead set that he wanted to go into the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. And that was awesome for him. He was well on a track to doing that. He was somebody who probably had the right physique, but maybe a little bit too much anger, and he might get mad at me for saying that, but screw him, because this is my story. Ha. Anyways, I was an impressionable young kid, and he was my best friend, and he convinced me, hey, I should go into the military. I really had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, so I decided to tag along and join him in going into the Navy. We enlisted roughly about the same time, but everything that we had, our timeframes were just a little bit different. We took our advebs separately. We did a lot of our stuff at the Springfield MEPS military entrance processing station at different times, so never really got to do this together, even though it seemed like, hey, we could do this together. Let's go into the Navy together. And unfortunately, both of our dates that we left for the Navy were different. So what I thought in my head and imagined as a perfect stripes, uh, Harold Ramis, uh, Bill Murray situation turned into me going into the Navy and not knowing a damn person who I was there with. Um, it was a culture shock. And unfortunately at the time and Through high school, I had been dealing with depression. I was really not the right person, not the right mindset. I did not enter the service for the right reasons. Not to say that I don't love my country. It just I did not do this for the right reasons. It was not the right thing. And that's why not a lot of people do enlist. You have to be that right person. You have to have that right mindset. I did not have either of those things. I just had, hey, I'm going to follow along with my friend and just a tag along with him mentality. My first day when I arrived there was completely, completely horrifying, uh, but was met with one bright and shining moment of being able to say I had seen something that I had only seen in a music video, and I really thought it was something that they had set up for a music video. But if you go to Chicago O'Hare Airport, at least this is the way it was in the mid-90s, that is where they shot parts of the... I'll be missing you music video Puff Daddy Mace Faith Evans tribute to notorious Big uh walking on the people movers and you have those neon lights overhead I'm like oh my god this is where they shot the video that was such a thrill for me and the last thrill that I had for close to a little over 2 months but yes the first day there trying to call my parents to let them know that I had gotten there safely and this was in the time of pay phones and you had these little prepaid phone cards. And if you remember what they are, they were fantastic. You find yourself a pay phone, you enter your code and then you could call somebody for X amount of minutes. Well, the problem is you had two minutes to call home and you had, what felt like 99 numbers to enter and I could not get it right. I'm trembling. I'm on the verge of tears. I could not enter that number right. Never got to say anything to my parents, let them know I had gotten there safely. The only acknowledgement that they, I think they got, or the first acknowledgement that I think they got that I had gotten there safely was basically, they give you sweats, they give you shoes, they give you socks. They tell you to take all your clothes, throw them in a box, write your address, and they shipped them home to you. So I think my parents getting my clothes was the first real sign that they knew that I had made it there safely. Now, boot camp is not something that is really taken lightly. You do not go to boot camp to fuck around. You go to boot camp and you're going to get yelled at. You're going to be PT'd, physical training, um, until they can make it rain. And if you don't think they can make it rain in the middle of July, it's a lot easier, but they can do it in the winter, too. They just put you into a room with a probably 10, 15 people who just kept screwing up. And you do PT. You do PT. You do PT. I don't think I could say that enough, but you sweat. That sweat eventually builds up enough where it condensates up on the ceiling and then starts dripping down. So, yes, they can make it rain. If you ever wonder that if there's a person in the world who can make it rain... It would be your drill instructors. They can make it rain. I was not really a screw-up type kid, so I never really had to experience that, thankfully. And having OCD kind of really was a big help when it came to certain things like making sure your clothes were folded properly Um, making sure that your bed was made properly, making sure that everything that you had was in order, making sure that your creases in your shirt and your shoes are shined perfectly. Believe me, if you have OCD, that will help you kick ass and will probably save you from a little bit of muscle pain that was going to ensue from PT because they wanted you to be in shape both physically and mentally, and also your gear. Because when you're on a boat, you don't got a shit ton of space to store everything. So that's something that they made sure they instilled in you to make sure that you're doing that right. I do not know how much stuff I can actually talk about from boot camp, but I mean, a lot of this stuff is really, you could see it. You learn a lot of interesting stuff. I learned firefighting. I learned first aid and kind of first response stuff, CPR, I was gassed. Yes, you did hear that right. I was gassed. They want you to know that the gas mask that they're going to give you is going to work 100% of the time. So they give you this gas mask. They put everybody into a room and you think nothing is going on. You're just breathing normally through the gas mask. Then they have you take the gas mask off and stand there and take in this mild tear gas, which was horrible. Um, If you've ever experienced it, you never want to experience it again. But yeah, I never want to experience it again. But I will tell you some more fun stories from the time that I had in the military that is not going to be a breach of any kind of anything. It will just be my fun little stories with my, my friends and the people that I knew in there but back to me not being disingenuous um i do not want to have any kind of thoughts that i want to steal valid that's not something i i salute and i have so much pride and respect and i thank every military person that i see because these are people who are they're better than me in this way they they can do this and they are choosing to give up their lives and livelihoods to protect our country. So yes, to our soldiers, our Marines, our sailors, our airmen, both current and veterans, I say thank you from the very bottom of my heart. But yes, going back to my little story, I ended up in boot camp in July of 1996. I was 17 years old. It was the first time that I was ever really away from home, away from my parents, It was terrifying, and the only thing that I could think of was being back home. And again, I'm going to say, look back to the fact that I am freely admitting I had depression, and it was not good for me to be there. And I'm going to say about halfway through boot camp, I had a... Pretty bad depressive episode. Um, uh, to, to put it lightly, it was it was pretty bad. What happened was so, something triggered me. I had been in the men's room and we we're a bunch of us just talking, and something snapped in me, and I just almost bit a audible. There you go, an audible snap. Something snapped in me, and for some reason, I just lost it. I was crying, uh, screaming, and it it took four guys but i to stop me but i tried to smash my head into a cement or a brick wall which i can only have imagined that would not have gone over very well long story that should have been short but is now been made longer they sent me for one evaluation to talk with a shrink in boot camp And the shrink determined, because that episode had passed, that I was still okay to stay there. So, I did. I I soldiered on, no pun intended. I buckled up, and I made it through boot camp. It was a rough time. It was a very rough time. And then I went to my A school, which also happened to be in Great Lakes, Illinois. So, I went from Great Lakes, Illinois in the summer to Great Lakes, Illinois in the winter, Great Lakes, Illinois in the winter is one of the most dreary places that I can think of. And if you are from Great Lakes, Illinois, I am sorry, but yes, the temperature with the wind chill off of the lake gets to be about 105 in the summer and it will get down to negative 40 in the winter with that wind chill. And it's just snow and cold and there was nothing. And I had some friends there, but you don't really make friends for a long period of time when you're in boot camp or when you're in your A school, because the way that it works is they run these through every week. So you're in your class for the same people for your class. You keep going, keep going, you keep going through the whole schooling. But a week later, there's another class that's going to be starting. And then a week after that, there's another class that's going to be starting. So you have friends that had been there who were sharing a barracks with you that had been there a few weeks before you. So they were going to be gone long before you ever finished your schooling. So needless to say, I did not really have a lot of firm connections. I had some good times. And again, I will talk about those in another issue. Uh, Not too soon because I want to space stuff out. Um, But the depression and the isolation did end up getting the best of me. I Again, I don't remember the exact details. I know I was sitting in one of my classes. It was a advanced electronics class, and we were working on oscilloscopes and you know we had our little screwdrivers and whatnot and all of a sudden, a person I was working with looked over to me he's like, "What are you doing uh, without realizing what I had done?" I had taken my little screwdriver and apparently scratched. Help me! Well, not apparently. I actually did scratch. Help me into my arm. It's the first time I ever really did anything like that. I had no idea that I was doing it again. I just kind of was in a depressive blackout, and I don't know if anybody else get those where it's not like you're aware of everything. You just you completely. Leave your body, and it's just the depression is there, and just it takes over. It just that demon that takes over your body. But yeah, needless to say, shortly after that, they brought me into the psych wing again, and then they took a look at my past record and saw the incident that happened in boot camp. And I will say that is one thing that is actually like the movies. Uh, there was a ping pong table in the psych ward. But as it was 1996, we are not currently involved with any conflicts. The way that they saw to treat that was to say, see you later. Here's a bus ticket home. So a nice uh, two-day bus trip from Chicago to Connecticut was really what the old soul needed. But it, it took a lot longer than that. The whole process of that... Um, that happened shortly before christmas and i was home shortly after the super bowl in 1997 which i lost a lot of money because i had people who were there from wisconsin and i think i was the only person from new england so everybody wanted to bet me so i had to keep my bets to like $1 bets that that the patriots would beat Green Bay and of course we didn't have Tom Brady at that point in time so I lost a lot of money being the New England person but I digress and that is my story of why I was only in the navy for really 6 months I do not consider myself a veteran by any standing and the government does not consider me a veteran by any standing I was there I have some experiences but I am not a veteran and I am not going to say that I did anything other than what I did I was a depressive sad sack who ended up getting kicked out on my section eight, which thankfully I never really have to put on a resume or explain anything. It's like I was never there. The only time that the government will consider the past service that I have given is if there was ever a selective service draft reinvoked, I guess the right word, reinvoked a selective service draft. I would never, ever, ever be considered for it. But yes, that is my story. And That is my time, and I will talk to you again next time. I love you, you beautiful beeholes. It's the way you walk, it's the way you talk, it's the way you shine, it's the way that day.